0: Father, right now we break all witchcraft, Father. We break all distractions, Father. We command this atmosphere to come into, to subdue to our authority, Father, in Christ, Father. To be subdued to our word, Father. Not because authority comes under authority, but authority comes under the word of the power of the tongue, Father. And we command it right now. We command our thoughts to be in place. We command our minds to quiet down, Father. It's so hard to hear you, Father, when in the midst of all the noise, Father, when our heart is, Pumping in different places of the was the world, but not pumping to your throne room, Father. We pump it right now. We we disengage from the world and we re-engage into the kingdom right now, Father. Into the throne room. We tap into your throne room, Father. We want to hear your voice tonight, Father. We want to bear witness to the word. We we want to fill our hunger, Father. But we can't fill our hunger, Father, when we've been eating eating other things all week, Father. How can we eat all, How can we eat other things? How can we eat? Things and then come to the table of the Lord and think and be hungry for Him because we're filled with other things. And Father, right now, we just get rid of those things. We command them to go out the dung gate right now, Father. Those things we've been eating, whether it be the world, religion, whatever it be, spirits, Leviathan, we command it to be loosed right now, Father, that we may hear Your Word in Jesus' name. This message is called Abased and Abound. Abased and Abound. Philippines 4:10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last at the last your care of me have flourished again. Wherein where, wherein ye were also careful but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therein to be content. That last part. And I want you guys to understand tonight's not going to be about not having money or having money or whatever. It's going to go deeper than that. That has, has a place in it, or not having or having in general. There's a place for that, but it's, it's going to do with everything. There, I, 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 in whatsoever... St- listen, listen to this part. In whatsoever state I am in... So whatever state I'm in, whatever is going on in the flesh, whatever is going on in the spirit, whether I'm in a city and I'm feeling oppressed, whether I'm in a city and they're receiving me, whether good things are happening, bad things are happening, this is happening, I'm flourishing, I'm not flourishing... I have learned to be content. When I'm poor, when I have riches, when I have need, when I don't have need, when I'm filled, either way, I have learned to be with content. Why? Because with godliness comes content. Godliness is what's supposed to be making us have being the joy and peace in our life. Now, there is a place where Jesus says, and I will pour out by the riches of my mercy and grace and that your joy may be full, but it's so that your joy may be full. Not to give you joy, but to complete your joy. That you shouldn't be in a place where there is no joy, and by riches and, his, and stuff He has to pour out on your life to make you joyous. There should be joy there, but it should increase when He blesses you. People get joy for the first time in a whole month because blessing comes, but that should only add to the joy that was already there. You see what I'm saying? In religion, they're waiting for the next thing, and then joy comes. Oh, no, then they're good for two weeks until they run out of the money or they run out with whatever made them joyous. Or the person that, they, that came in their life that made them happy now is starting to flip-flop again. But whatever state you are in, whether you have need, whether you have want, whether you have lack, whether you have hunger, whatever, learn to be, this is what we need to learn, whatsoever state, to be Content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to be abound, everywhere in all things. How to be abased and how to be abound. That how when I, when I in a base. If you search up that definition of base, I thought it actually meant something else when the Lord spoke to me. But I searched what these things mean, and obviously we don't always go by a Webster dictionary. It's always deeper than what God's than what Webster is saying because. The dictionary on Google says abased means to be belittled or whatever, but right here, and abound means to flourish. But right here, he even says what he's talking about. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound, abound meaning like flourish, meaning like to do good, be in a good state, not just with money, not just with having things, but to when, I'm, when, I'm, when my spirit's flourishing, when I'm in the kingdom, when righteousness is there, when I'm pressing forth. When I have or when I don't have. And both to abound and to suffer need. Both to suffer, to long suffer with your suffering. See, there's sufferings we're called to in the kingdom of God because the Bible says, people think, people preach the gospel that there's no suffering. But it's, the Bible says there's tribulation and trials that produce patience in us. They actually produce something in Sometimes we go through tribulation and trials because we've called it upon our life because of what we're doing. Sin will put you in witchcraft, sins is going to put you in condemnation. sin is going to have the devil attack you. Of course, you're going to be in tribulation. Of course, if you don't pay your taxes, the government's going to come up and they're going to say, "What are you doing?" And there's going to be all this, this hope, all these problems. Of course, if you do something wrong, something bad is going to happen in the, in the world. But whatever state we are in, if it's, if it's outside of that. that if it's something that comes upon us where the devil comes, if it's something that God's putting us through, a Job experience, or this, that, or the third, we have to be in whatever state we are. So we have, God, is, God is saying to us tonight, we need to learn to develop this stableness in our life. That wherever we are, whatever spiritual place, whether we feel like we're down here or up here, we have learned to be in the joy, peace, and righteousness that it says the kingdom of God is. Well, if you're not into the joy, peace, and righteousness, then you're doing things apart from the kingdom of God. It's simple as that. Well, then you, and you may, and there may be certain things in your life, you may be joyous, but when you get to a certain thing in your life, maybe your job, maybe your family, you, all that stuff recedes from your joy, peace, and righteousness because that one area of your life you haven't submitted to the kingdom of God. So, that, so I want to get these things clear before we go through things tonight because these things will leave you unstable. Not obeying the word of God will leave you unstable. Not, not rejecting Satan will leave you unstable. Not, what does it say? It says, and it says, resist Satan and he will flee. All these things leave you unstable. But tonight I want to get to, because we should be stable. But tonight, and if your heart is not right, we, we just heard last Sunday, on Sunday, if your heart is not right, you're going to have, you, the devil's going to attack your heart. The devil, you're going to have a heart attack. So our heart needs to be right but we're talking about this place where we're in when our heart's right, when everything's going good, there seems to be that the time when we get to a certain area in our life and we're going good and everything's right, we're doing everything right, but boom, and our, even our heart's right, but boom, a roadblock, boom this, boom that, boom that, and then we get in a bad place. Then peace and joy is robbed. Then this, then you're all over the, tr- like you were good for two months and now you're not good for another week. It's a, it's, it's a cycle that we have to learn to break. Instability, the Bible calls it. And we're getting into scriptures, and this is... And I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm preaching to myself first. So this is for every single person, but the Bible made, makes many scriptures clear about being stable in the Lord, about having, having a steady mind. But to have a steady mind, you have to have a steady focus. So let's get into that. Everywhere in all things I have to be a based... How to be humbled? How to be in a, in, a, in a sticky situation? It goes past fine. How to be in a bad situation? How to be this? How to be there? And how to be abound, but still in whatsoever state I am in, to be content, to still have my joy, both to abound and suffer I can do. And then look what it says right after that: I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul's Paul's stability wasn't because just because he could always have a positive attitude. Paul's stability wasn't because he was like, oh, let's think on the better. That's what religious people are doing today. Let's think on the better. Let's think on positive thoughts. Never think on the, well, that yes, that plays into it, but you better be thinking on the Lord, not just positivity. Positivity ain't God. On the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there was good. But I tell you this, when you're eating, the whole tree's evil, whether it's good and evil, the whole tree's evil because God said don't eat of it, eat of the tree of life. See, we're not trying to make our mind good, make ourselves good, make this good, that good. We're trying to make the everything have a life. We're trying to make everything and the life that we want, the life that we're talking about is God. We're trying to make our mind be filled with God. We're trying to make our heart, our body, our, the places and our areas in our life for God to move on it. That's the life we're looking for. Of course, you could have good things. This could be good, you may not be doing that, may not be doing. that's good, but it's not going to get you to the level of The kingdom of God. It's not gonna get you to that into the presence of God. And we're always trying to say, Oh, I'm justified because I'm not eating the evil on the good, on the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. But I mean I'm I'm good. God's not looking for good, He's looking for God. He's looking, God is looking for Himself in each and every person. He's not looking for someone who's gonna perform better than they were when they weren't weren't saved. He's looking, and that's what these N-A-N-A and whatever. I've never been to them, but I know about them and I heard about them, and they always preaching. Oh, you know, and they even have you admit, I'm an alcoholic, I'm this, I'm that. And it's trying, to, it's a, there's a positivity to it, but it doesn't transfer over into power, resurrection power. It doesn't have something that actually transforms me. See, religion is trying to change us, but God is trying to transform us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need Christ to become our strength in our life. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You see, there's going to be a few things God is going to get down to. to there's going to be a few different things that God's going to get down to to break some instability in us and bring more and, and get us more stable. And one of the things is 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 getting ourselves focused on the kingdom of God. It's what does the Bible say? It says, focus on the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and everything will be added onto you. But the problem is we're focusing on the things that'll be added onto us and never getting it added onto us because we're not have, seeking the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. This is an automatic thing in the kingdom of God. I seek it, I don't pay attention to the blessing, what I need, what I don't have what's going on or what's not going on this applies this whole thing applies to every area of our life cuz in every area of our life the same spirits can come whether it's doubt fear all we're going to deal with all that too tonight and how we need to and how our thinking actually actually births see people try to tell you don't stop worrying stop fearing that's true we need to stop fearing but there's actually a root to our fear and and our worry. How can I stop worrying? How can I stop the anxiety and the worry when I keep thinking? When I keep trying to figure things out? So then you're trying to stop the feeling, but you're still thinking, and then you don't understand why you keep wrestling with that feeling. You're trying to stop the fear, that feeling of fear, but you keep thinking about how you're going to protect your family all the time. You're so fearful about your, uh, about your family, but you keep trying... You need to let go of that thing where you keep trying to pr- try to fix them. You keep trying to protect them. Under your own protection and not the Lord's protection. You are trying to protect your business. You're trying to protect this or whatever. Put it fill in the blank. Your anxiety is not coming because anxiety has come. Your anxiety has beca- has come because of a fruit of your thoughts. Of be- because of a fruit of your focus. Because of a fruit of what the fruit of what you're eating. You're not getting worried because worry decided to come to you today. Worry came to you today because you're eating from the, uh, wrong, the wrong tree. You're entertaining thoughts. You're entertaining things. You're focusing on things that are not of God. And what does it say? Be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of God. So how do I be steadfast and I have to focus my whole life, every part of my life. It doesn't matter if it's work or whatever. It needs, everything needs to... Because God's not just... He's not just flourishing us and, and, and imparting to us and strengthening us and doing all these things just in church. So we have this religious mindset that God is just doing everything He says He's doing only in this building or only on the street or only when we're doing religious activities. But when I'm at work or when I'm in another area of my area of my life, He is not there. I just, I got to figure it out that part out. But that's not the case. Everything will be added onto you. That's your foundation. This should be the, the daily prayer of our life. This should be the daily thing of our life is I will focus on the kingdom. I will not take my eyes off of Jesus no matter if crap's going on at work, stuff's going on in the family, that I feel things even if even spiritual things, we get too focused on them. Darkness comes, spirits come, principalities, every city we go to in the world is going to have principalities, going to have spirits. And then we come and we feel the weight of all that and we, instead of, instead of casting it down, we increase its focus even though we have to know those things don't get me wrong there's a place and time and and timing to say this is what's going on we have to watch out for the blah 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 I'm not talking about that I'm talking about when we constantly keep our mind on it we're constantly bothered by it we're constantly focused on it oh this spirit of lust in the city oh but why do you keep glorifying it by focus you're focusing on it by- you're glorifying it by focusing on it our focus needs to get right when we go to atmospheres, we should be, we should be, over, be over them. We should be, we should be over, out, out of their, 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 their gills and their, and their effectiveness. That's why Paul, they needed to send actual people. Instead of sending the spirits to bother him in the spirit, they had to send people to stop him and do things in the physical because the guy wasn't coming under what was in each city he went to. He took everything under his own subjection. He took everything, he subdued everything. No matter matter how long he felt it, no matter how long it bothered him, he didn't pay the mind to it. Just like when the snake bit him. The snake bit Paul. A venomous snake. And he still kept preaching. How many can say really, I'm not saying nobody or this person wouldn't or that person, but how many can really say deep down that if a snake bit him right now, they would continue preaching and, and act like nothing happened? But it wasn't that Paul was mighty. It's that his, Paul was not gonna, Paul was not gonna give any focus to the world. He was not gonna give focus to anything around him. But his light, his mind and heart were, were dedicated. They were uh, 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 it was an altar for the Lord. That no matter what he went through, he went, come on, we can barely go through regular things when the devil comes to spirit. This guy had to get shipwrecked, he went to jails, he went this way. That's probably why God birthed this in him, because he said, anywhere, anything I go through, I can I can abound, I can. I can in whatsoever state. I've learned to be content. I've learned to still have not, not let my joy and peace be rocked with me. Although my flesh be rocked, but my spirit is still stable. Yes, you're going to be moved. Yes, you're going to feel things. Yes, of course, when the winds, the winds and the rain come, you're going to feel it. But are you going to subject yourself to it? Is the question. When we're abased, when we're abounded, we have to whether we're in a good place or a bad place, we have to still be in a stable place. That's a good one. Whether we're in a good place or a bad place, we need to still be in a stable place. And I'm not talking about bad place, because obviously bad place is unstable. I'm talking about like in a bad atmosphere, bad situation, whatever. Because guess what? God told me this. This week, after Shane's, during Shane's, pre- Shane's preaching, about the fact that, well, guess, you know what's, what we're trying to always do? and I'm, Me, myself included. We're always trying to stop problems from happening we're always trying to stop storms from happening we're always trying to stop the winds from coming we're always trying to st- but god says you, jesus stopped the storm but he still went through the storm and in the midst of the storm we have to stop the storm by not coming unto, under it because guess what when the, when the when the enemy comes and tries to rock our boat and he sees that we're not coming under it and we take our authority over it he's gonna go that's the same thing that happened in the, in the wilderness. It happened in the spirit and the flesh. Not only did Jesus get up on the boat and say, tell the winds and storms to stop, he did it in the wilderness too. Every time. The enemy came to rock him, came to tempt him. Came to, he, 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 kept, he kept in the word of God. The word of God is a light onto our feet. It shows us, it keeps us from stumbling. You're not going to stop the stumbling block from being there, but you can keep yourself from stumbling with the stumbling block. We're trying, to get, we're trying to get God to move this. Trying to, I, I don't want to have any problems anymore. But guess what? Let me enlighten you on some, the, the Apostle Paul, he didn't have problems. He, he died. On, he got crucified on a cross. He went to jails this way, that way. I'm, and I know, don't get me wrong. God broke him out of a jail, blah, blah, blah. But there was always a problem. But he didn't make his problems a problem. Don't make your problems a problem. Let your problems be, a, be the devil's problem. And when he brings problem, that's we should, we need to get to the state again, like we used to, in the, in the beginning of our walk, when the enemy used to come, we used to laugh at him. But now we're angry at him. What are you angry at the devil for? He's gonna be doing this. You better get ready, man. He's doing this until you die. He's gonna be trying to stop you until you die. He's gonna be trying to do roadblocks of you. He, he's always gonna try to be twisting. You need to get stable. You need to stop being unstable. And that's one of the main reasons why we're unstable is because we desire to be stable so much that we're never stable. But guess what? Things are always going to come to rock you, to, and its aim is to get you to be unstable. Its aim, because Paul said so many times, stand firm in the faith. What was he saying? When the enemy comes, when, when, when the winds of doctrine come, stand firm to the, to the confession, to the profession of your faith. Some of us need to get back to that place even and if that's what we have to go back to, we need to do it to keep the enemy away. We need to get back to proclaiming the word of God again to ourselves. To, not, for, not for the enemy, for ourselves. The enemy doesn't... He, the word of God is not going to stop him. It's going to be you closing the door to him but the word of God closing the door because the truth keeps out the lies. You can't just go yell at the enemy and say, blah, 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 and, but your, your mind is still... There with him. Many times, God says, God say, having us confess things and speak out things to declare things and greet things. It's not that God needs us needs to hear us; it needs us to labor like that. He's doing it because we need it. We need to remember. See the problem with the Israelites—they kept forgetting the God that was before them. And they always wanted to go back to Egypt. They kept focusing; their mind kept dwelling on the state that they were in—in in the desert. But you had still people, Moses and Aaron, the other one, still standing stable. Why? Because their mind was on heaven. And what? And one person, the one that, was, that had, their mind, had their mind on heaven, ended up going to the mountain and, and getting the glory, and, and, and getting in his glory. And the other stayed down. But you will always stay down there if you can never stand firm in the faith, if you can never stand firm in having your focus on Him. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always flourishing in the work of God. But how can I always flourish in the work of God? Always, always continue in the work of God? Always stay stable in the work of God if I'm not focusing my life on the work of God? God said to me when I first got saved, take care of my worries and cares and I'll take care of yours. You want your worries and cares to go? Well, take, take on the easy yoke and easy burden. And, and, and the, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Or well, the things I have, to, I have to handle and everything will be light and easy for you because I'm going to do it with you. But the things you care about, I will never do it. You see, care and worry and fear is, is control. Guess what God told me. I'm going to skip to that part right now. Care and fear are control. I mean, worry and fear are control. Because we're always, we're, 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 oh, worry, we're worrying about it. How can I do this? How do I, how do I do that? How do I not do that? How do I stop this? How do I? We're trying to figure it out. But God's got it figured out. And when we try to figure it out, that's when the witchcraft comes on us. We put the witchcraft on ourselves We're fearing, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And what did Job say? Job said, the thing that I feared came upon me. And the thing that, you know what God told me this week? He said, you better fear your fears. Because if you keep fearing, they, they will come upon you like Job. You better, fear, you better fear that you may not fear. Because when we do fear, that's when the enemy's alive. It's just like faith faith activates the kingdom of hell. Well, fear activates the kingdom of hell. All hell's come upon you because you activate it. You've opened the door to fear. You've opened the door to worry. That's all fear. Worry's fear. Anxiety is fear. It's all fear. Why is hell upon you? Well, you need to get the root of hell, which is the thing that you let come in. Which one did I want to go to? James 1, 4 through 8. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, waiting, wanting nothing. Just remember that one. Wanting nothing. We shouldn't be always wanting and desiring. See, you know what's what's another big thing? Is we're always wanting and, and desiring and always being slave children to our wants and desires because the thing we should be wanting and desiring is the Lord Himself. He's got the thing you need. He's got the finances you need. He's got the thing you don't have and He's got the thing you do have. The thing you do have, He'll keep stable and the thing you don't have, He will bring as His promise. But his promise is concealed in our promise to follow and obey him. You don't need, you don't, it says the Lord is my shepherd. Wherein shall I want? The Lord is my shepherd. He's everything I need. He is. He said, I am. He is what you need. He is your provider. He is the one that will lead. He is your protector. Name it. What is it? That's in your life. He is going to be the one that fills in the blank there but you need to let him do that because if you're fearing and worrying he has to back off because he's not going to violate your will if you want to figure it out go ahead figure it out joe's fearing and worrying he's going to be like okay fine why do you think god doesn't come swoop in and take us out and he doesn't take us out until we repent because he's not that's not how he works because that we're dipping into another table we're dipping into another tree and he's like fine you're, you're, when you're worrying and fearing, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to take control of your life. I thought I was supposed to take care of your tro- control of your life as God and, provi- and be your provider. But you seem to be providing. You seem to be looking at jobs all over Craigslist. And you seem to be trying to stop this person from doing that. You seem to be trying to be change people. So go ahead, God. Go replace me, God. And I won't be God in your life. It's just like Victoria's message. All the fear. fear you can't, Many of us have different fears. It's not all the same. We fear this. We fear that. We fear that. But the only fear that we should have is the fear of the Lord. Fear of not obeying Him and doing what He says. It says fear. The Bible says fear the commandment. Why do we fear the commandment? Not the law, but the things that He says. Fear because if I don't do them, I will be, I won't be. And when I go into the shadow of the Most High, I won't be there anymore. Guess what? I'll be out exposed. That's why I fear because I don't fear the devil. I don't need to fear the devil say it, and all these things because God has overcome them. Jesus has overcome them. But when I, I should fear being apart from him because when I'm apart from him, I'm exposed to, the, to the, all the winds and, and waves of this life. You guys awake? Yeah, okay. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not and it shall be given... Damn, Just like that last message uh, about the seven spirits of God. We're always trying to figure things out. We don't need to figure things out when we have the spirit of wisdom. These seven things protect our, protect our mind. When we, need, we, don't, we don't understand something, we have revelation. When we don't know what to do, we have wisdom. When Solomon didn't know what to do, what would you, what would you have done if the, if the two ladies came with the baby? Would you really have come up with and said then split the baby and then then the one would have took the baby, the real mother, the real mother would have protected the baby? Would you have known to do that? No, but Solomon received wisdom from God because he valued wisdom from God. He didn't value his own opinion or what he could figure it out or his own strength. The seven spirits of God need to be the front, and and, and this relieves us, this keeps us in rest. Resting is, is him doing the work and me submitting to what he's doing. What is there to fear? What is there to fear and figure out when he's got, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to figure it out for me. He's going to show me the way. He says, I will leave you, lead you onto paths of righteousness, but you are not following your own leading. You're leading your own leading. You're leading yourself. So what do I, you're not going to be lead, led onto, and people are leading themselves and saying, oh, God is leading me onto green pastures and this, that, and the third, and he's leading me to the promised land. But they're going the total other way. God's not just going to do it because you put a name on on your life and said he's going to do it. People think if they just keep saying he's going to do it, he's going to do it, that he's going to do it. But he's not going to do it until you give your life, until you submit, until you say, come in the the spiritual realm, in your heart and say, Okay, where do I go, God? How do I do this? You can talk all the talk, but when God comes and tries to show you the way, are you going to submit to it? Oh, God, I want to submit to your ways. But then when he comes to show you the way, do you submit We can talk a good talk. We can talk everything that the apostolic people talk like. But if we don't actually do it, when push comes to shove, when he comes, do you say yes? When nobody's looking, nobody's going to be able to see when God comes to your heart and says, follow me. When God says, this is the way. When God says, don't do this. When God says, do that. No one's going to see it except you and God. But we can smell it. But it's going to be you and God. You have to decide. You can't just keep saying God's going to lead my life. God, yes, I give my life to you. Say it all you want, but you can. Say, some are going to say it all. they all they want to eternal fire. And they're going to say, God, I thought you knew my. But He said, Yeah, you did this. You did. You need to, but you didn't do it my way. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth. See, he that wavereth is like the sea. He that is unstable is like the sea, driven with the winds and tossed. Unstable. For let not that man think he shall receive anything from God. Instability actually blocks everything that God wants to do. It blocks his voice. It blocks his promises. It blocks everything that you're hoping and praying for because God only wants faith. He's looking for a mind of faith. He's looking for a heart of faith. He's looking for a walk of faith. But if you don't keep your mind on your faith, he can't give anything. If you're going faith, fear, faith, fear, it's unstable. And then you're wondering why you can never receive. It's because you're not standing firm in the profession of your faith. You're standing firm in the profession of your faith so you can keep yourself out of fear. Let no man think he shall receive anything from God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we try to keep from being unstable by doing all the... We have our own methods all the time. We try to not do this. We try to avoid this person. We try to go here. We try to go there. We try to not say this. We try to say this. But at the end of the day, we have to root out our mind. We have to keep our mind on the Lord. We have to keep our mind out of when we get in situations, either when we're prospering, when we're abounding, either when we're not prospering or things are going like hell, when we're abased, we need to keep our mind on Him and not keep our mind on the situation that we're in. Keep your mind on Him and not the situation that you're in. Because if you keep your mind on the situation that you're in, the atmosphere that you're in is going to take you under its wing. A double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, you need to figure out how to keep your mind stable. That's the main thing. It's not about keeping emotions away because emotions are connected to the things we receive when the devil comes and when God comes. We're either eating from two tables. There's no middle table. It's either what we're hearing in our, or what we're thinking in our mind It's from God or it's not from God. Everything from you is from the devil still. People say, well, there's God's thoughts, the devil's thoughts, and then there's mine thoughts. Yeah, but your thoughts are still from the same tree that His thoughts are from the devil. You still, your carnal mind is still carnal. The devil is the one spewing out all the carnality. So yeah, you may not, he may not be putting thoughts at that moment, but the thoughts he put in you years ago, you're now bringing it up on your own. So you you never, nobody gets, comes up with their own anything. Everything comes from two sources, either God or or Satan. And now that we're in the kingdom of God, and we should know that Worldly thoughts are not of God. This is not of God. That's not of God. We should know what the, the evil things that come around. But now that we know those things and we keep away those things, now he comes with religion and he disguises his carnality and his things as, as God. That's the biggest religion. That's what God told me last week. The religion is the biggest killer, killer weapon in the church. Because it makes you think you're receiving from God, but you're really receiving from the dead waters. You think you're hearing God, you think you're doing what God's having you do, but it's been the fallen angel from the beginning. It's been the, 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 the son of perdition from the beginning. We need to make sure what we're hearing, what we're thinking on is of the Lord. doesn't matter if it's good things or if it's regular, even regular life things. Hear me on this one. Even regular life things. Regular things you do in your life, we can become so focused on that we're focused so much on it that then worry and fear about that thing or whatever it is, you may be redoing your house, you may be trying to do something with your kid, you're so focused on it that fear comes on you, anxiety comes on you. Even the seven spirits of God are supposed to lead us in 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 the simple things of life. Well, th- stuff is going on at your job. Well, you need to seek wisdom. Well, stuff is going on in my family. Well, you need to seek counsel. These things get, us, get our focus and then get our mind working and then, then fear, anxiety. Matthew 6, 25-34. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Look, take no thought for your life. He's already trying to come against fear and worry and anxiety and all this stuff. Take no thought. Did he say, reject fear, take no fear, take no... He said, take no thought. Because even the regular thoughts about life, even, and he's going to get into about what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat or what we should have tomorrow. It says, take no thought for the morrow. Even the simple things of life, the devil can use to get us into his kingdom. That's why it says, do all unto the glory of God. Everything we do We need to have the fragrance of Christ on it. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Take no thought for it. That that means that goes in every single part of it. If If it's already telling you, take no thought about what you should eat or drink, it's already telling you, take, that's just the basics of life. Just a matter of simple basics. What we do from when we're born until we die—eating and drinking—he says, "Take no thought for it." That's how deep he's going, and that means everything else is included in that. Take no thought about it. Put put an area in your life that you show whatever. Take no thought about it. You know, you see many times the disciples always were, "Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to feed these people? How are we going to do that?" Take no thought. For what she shall eat or drink. Now take no thought for what they shall eat nor drink. I will provide it. Well, we only got five loaves, Jesus. What are you talking about? Take no thought. Well, if you keep thinking about it, then you are gonna only have five loaves. But if you let me handle it, then I'm gonna multiply it. See how that works? And we say, God, where are you? Hello. I'm in a financial state that I'm cracking here. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay my mortgage. Take no thought. Let me just read it because I'm just gonna keep going into it if I don't read it. Not yet for your body, even your body, take no thought for your body. You need a sickness, you need this, that, and the third, and you're praying and nothing's happening. Take no thought for it. Some people want their healing so bad that they never get it because they're making it an idol. Take no thought. What ye shall put on. What what ye shall put on? He's even telling what ye shall put on. He's only going deep like this. Because he could probably go list so many things in the disciples' life. He's only going deep like this so he can show them that literally everything in their life needs to be... Let him worry about it. This is how we stay... This, we're learning tonight how to stay stable. Because we're taking thoughts all the time. We're taking control. To take thought is to take control of my life. You're taking control of your life and God can't... Everybody says, Jesus... Take the wheel, Jesus. But he ain't taking the wheel if you're taking thought. If you're worrying about what you're going to eat and drink, guess what? Then you're probably not going to eat and drink. Remember what Job said. What I feared the most came upon me. What you thought about the most came upon you. When I think about God, he will come upon me. When I keep my mind on God, he will come upon me. What consumes your mind will consume your life. We need to let him consume our mind. We need, and I'm gonna there's another message I wanted to preach. And it's saying we need to make a dwelling. We need God was telling me we need to make a dwelling place for the Lord in our bodies. Our mind. We need to clear out our mind. We need to keep the enemy out of our mind. We need to keep everything out of our heart so that we can make a dwelling place. A place for God to come, a place for the Holy Spirit to come. Because God doesn't want to release himself on your mind. He doesn't want to release himself on your inner man if your inner man is full of other stuff. He doesn't want to mix. That's why when he said, do this, build the tabernacle, the temple, he wanted it a certain way. He didn't want other people in there. He didn't want that person in there. He didn't want, it was like Benny and get him out of here. He didn't want all these people in there. He didn't want all these things in there. He wanted it a certain way so that he can come. And just like our hearts and mind, he wants it a certain way. He wants it clear. He wants the altar cleared. He wants the temple clean so that when he comes in, there's no fear mixed with faith. There's no uh, spirit mixed with carnality. God can't come come like we want Him to come sometimes because we're still alive. Because if He comes and He brings revelations onto you, brings deep things onto you, you're going to mix it with your own carnality. And that will actually drive you, that will make you worse. You see, I start to understand that God doesn't even talk to people like people want them to sometimes because if He speaks, they will have to be accountable for what He spoke to them. Whatever, we want God to speak, do all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But whatever we hear, whatever God does, we will be accountable for. But if we keep our mind in Him, if we keep our heart in mind, if we keep the altar clean, if we keep the inner man clean, then He can entrust us with this, with what He's doing, with the outpouring. Look, so He he even goes in here. It's not the life is not this life more than meat? Is not this life more than your job, more than your family, more than this, more than that, more than your relationships? More? Is it not it more than all those things? It's about me, he's saying. But that's what we need to get it. In our, th- our, th- our head is so thick. That's why sometimes we have to preach the same thing because we don't get it. He's trying to get us, but we, because we ch- and then we try to get focused on God we try to get focused on him, we try to keep our mind and our heart on him, but because we see other things shaking and quaking, we're like, well, guess what? They're starting to shake and quake because you put your focus on him. They're starting to rumble and tumble because he's coming to turn it up. He's coming to turn everything up. And he's coming to make everything new. Yeah, they're gonna, your family's going to start freaking out when you start getting on fire. For God. Yeah, the people around you are going to start freaking out. Yeah, the job. Yeah, this. Yeah, that. Because... Tribulation and trial will come to test the faith, test the word. It's gonna to come to test what's inside of you. The devil's gonna to come to test you, Job. You had Job had it all. He had a house, he had kids, he had everything. He was even called a righteous man, but he didn't have all of him. And everything stumbled and tumbled, and what it made it made Job, what was the main thing? It made Job focus on God, on, on focus on him. Every single man of God, every single person of God, anytime they went through things or whatever, even Paul, Paul says, take this away from me, God. Take this messenger of Satan away from me. I won't. I will let you suffer, Paul, that you would not fall to the flesh, that you would not make your, let your revelations take you, make you prideful and take you down, that you would not get to this high place and leave me. Yes, maybe I'm not pouring my financial blessing on you yet because if you do it, you'll do it without me. Maybe God is doing that stuff. But at the end of the day, the reason why he does things and he doesn't do things or he does things is because the state we are in, how focused are we on him? See, there's, there's no real work we have to do except keep our focus on him. Abide in me. It says that if your eye be single, that's talking about our focus, our whole body will be full of light. And who is the light? Christ. If our eye be on him, if our mind be on him, if our focus be on him, we will be full of him. But because our eye is double-minded, we're filled with mixture. And then then at the end of the day, God doesn't want to mix with anything, and then we end up getting taken over by those other things. We have a stable mind when we have a stable eye. Whatever you're focused on is whatever your mind is going to be consumed by. What did it say about the... What did it say about... It says you're only tempted by your lust and desires. What is lust? Covetness. What is desire? Want. You're tempted by the things you want. Want. But you know why Jesus didn't get tempted by the seven kingdoms? Because he didn't really want it. And at the same time, he knew he already had it. I'm not here for these seven kingdoms. First of all, I already have it. And second of all, I'm not here for that. I'm here for them. Because at the end of the day, those seven kingdoms are going to pass away. The buildings will crumble. Everything's going to tumble. The systems are coming down. I'm going to take the harlot down. I'm going to take the seven, the seven heads down. I'm chopping the, the, the harlot's head off. So I want them. I'm, and I'm going to be the one doing it. Jesus was God. He was the one. You think he could tempt God? It said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord God, thy God. And the devil was actually tempting God all the, the whole 40 days. But everything, but Jesus knew everything's going to pass away. This is my focus, them. His focus is us, and our focus should be him. But God's never going to misfocus. focus God's never going to get off his course. If God, for, Man, if God was, did that, forget it. We'd all be doomed. But God is God. He's not going to get misfocused. He's not going to get his mind off his people. That's, all, it's, that's why it calls, we call his people the apple of his eye. That's why he called Israel the apple of his eye. We are now the, the Israel, his Israel. We are now his people. We are the apple of his eye. But he's saying, I can only polish you. I can only polish that apple if that apple... Is mine. If you would focus on him, then that's what gets us authority rights to be under his wing. I shall hide in the secret place of the most high. When my mind is on him, when my heart is on him, when everything is of my life is on him, I will be under his secret place. Not so what? So you're telling me that if you go in your closet every day, no matter what you do, you're in the secret place of the most high and you're protected. But you could do whatever you want when you get out of that closet. See how religion is? It gets you to sell out to a, a, a lesser form of godliness, but denying the power. God wants it all. He doesn't want just. He just doesn't just want your prayer closet. He wants your you. He wants you to come out of the closet. And he wants you to embrace him. He wants you to come to the throne room and get in the throne the, clo- the closet in heaven. He wants your inner man to stay in there. I could be in a secret place when I'm here, there, or everywhere around. Jesus was. He said, as I hear, I do. I don't hear of my own. And if I heard of my own, that judgment would be wrong, but I hear from him. And there was, of course, times where Jesus had to get away, and he had to get away from everybody to hear of the Lord, but he was constantly, and I even posted this today, we need to keep our mind and our hearts, and Jesus' mind and heart was always on the of word of God. That's how he kept himself sanctified. To be sanctified is to be glorified in him. It's to have his aroma, to have his garment on us. And his garment is his word, his garment is his spirit, his garment is him, the anointing, him. It's him. All these things God calls the anointing, the oil, this, that, the third, the dove, the the lamb, this. Go down to the things that God's showing us. He's just showing, he's just trying to show us it's me. Get your eyes on me. How did Moses get through the seventh play? How did Moses get through Pharaoh's... He didn't focus on... He didn't keep his... Even though he was in the midst of the situation in Egypt, he didn't keep his mind on it. He kept his mind on what the Lord was doing next. When, when, when he came in and he said, let my, he said, let my people go how many times? Like seven times? Let my people go. Did he get discouraged? Maybe he did, but then he put his mind back on God. Well, I'm going to... And what did Elijah do? My, Elijah put his mind on Jezebel and went in the cave. And that's what we're doing. We're getting spiritual opposition and then we're bending to that opposition. We may may not be submitting to Jezebel directly, but we're actually submitting to Jezebel indirectly by, by coming under her influence. We may not be submitting to religious people, but the reason why Paul says break off from religious people is because when you're around them, their influence will affect you. The spirits that are on them are going to start coming around you. That's why people are good. They say, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Jesus hung out with all the blah, 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 blah. Jesus didn't go there to hang out. He, he fellowship with them, but fellowship is, is, to, is around the table of God, around the, is communion with God. Not hanging out, talking about the sport, talking about the tax collector. Oh, the tax collector. Can you believe him, Jesus? Yeah. I passed him. I got, I got a nickel out of the fist the other night. Yeah. <laughs> But he's trying to get us in He's trying to get them, bring them to the kingdom. He wasn't hanging out with them. And then you see these guys, they're hanging out with drug addicts for weeks, never converting anybody. But hey, he's around, man. He's coming to church. Look, (laughs) he's saved. And then when he decides to leave the church, he's back on the streets again. We're fellowshipping as the spirit leads, as God wants, as God's doing things, not because we think if we're just around them, they'll come around us. We don't want I don't want just people around me. I want people to come around the throne, to go up the, the mountain. I don't want them to be around the mountain. I want them to come up the mountain. Well being down that mountain is a curse because and then look what happened. Then they started worshiping idols, stopped doing all that. Because when you stop being filled with God, when you stop receiving from him, when you get in this dry place, you start giving over to the idols of the world. You start giving over to self, you the biggest idol. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Which of you that think about the things of this life, all this stuff, can, can make yourself better? And why take ye thought for Raymond? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which to the, today is and tomorrow is, cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. But how do we get faith, really? It says faith comes by word, the word of God. But when my mind is not on the word of God, my body won't be filled with faith. See, that's what it is. Stability is in the mind. What do I have my mind on? Do I have it on my faith? Do I have it on the Word of God? Because the Word of because the Word of God is oozing with faith. But everything else that has nothing to do with the Word or is, is opposed to the Word of God. Everything else that I put my mind on, even regular life things—what I shall drink, what I shall not eat, what I shall do tomorrow—this that it all will keep me, get me in fear. Worry, anxiety, even, even. remember the Bible talks about do not be anxious for nothing. Do not be burning to do something. Do not be, besides God, besides burning for Him. It says, it's, it, but it does say that we would eagerly wait for Him. Eagerly and anxious could, could be the same thing. It's about that, but we're, it's about Him. Of course you should be eagerly for Him. Of course you should be Wanting him so bad that it should be turning up your insides and outsides. But not eager. It's talking about, do not be anxious for anything in this world. Do not be anxious for your own life. Even even the things of the kingdom, God was showing me today too, even the things of the kingdom, the devil may get us focused on yesterday's word, but he's saying something today, and we're so focused on it that we're actually missing him now. Because it says, you shall worship me in spirit and in truth. But the problem is we're only worshiping him in the truth, but we're never catching him by the spirit. So we actually get left in religion thinking we're in the kingdom. So yesterday's word should be old wine and old manity. We should, we need to, God is always moving. It says the spirit of God is roaming the earth, moving, moving. He's the wheel inside the wheel. He's the thing that spins us. But if we don't spin with him, just like the lilies, we need to spin with him. We need to continue moving everywhere he goes. This is what God has been longing for since the foundations of the earth, for us to live by his spirit and go where it goes and speak what it speaks and let God be God on the inside of us. But we need to constantly be with him because we can even be so focused on yesterday's word or last year's word or something so long ago and we're still trying to get that right, but God says, I'm building a foundation. That's like you God's trying to build a foundation, and you're taking these few bricks, and you're just saying, "Here's my foundation. I'm going to stand on it." But if you stand on three cylinders, and a storm comes, you're going to get knocked right off the three cylinders. A hurricane comes, you're done. But when you get in the house of God, that is built by many stones, Jesus Christ being the, cor- the, the chief cornerstone, by His golden pipes that come from the trees, the, the two witnesses, the trees of the two trees in the garden, then we will be stable. We will be. It says, "I am the rock." Stand on me. We need to stand on the rock. But the rock, what is the rock? The word of God. The rock is the spirit of God. The rock is our eyes on Him. Our heart, our heart desiring him. That's, the, that's what our heart. Need. We need to be so clean that our heart is not desiring anything else but him. And then the funny thing is, that's what Sol- that's what God's, uh, Solomon told that's what uh, God told Solomon is. Because you seek wisdom, wisdom is him, you get riches now. Now you get riches. Now I'm going to just bless you out of your mind. Some people say Solomon is the richest man to ever live. But what was his focus? His focus wasn't the riches. He never went after the riches. The riches came to him because he he came to the Lord. But they were too busy looking at his hand and not his heart. David was a man after my own heart, and that's why I made him king. I'm looking for the men that are after my own heart that when the distractions of life come, they will look back to the heart. They will look back to the heart of God. They will look back to what's proceeding out of my mouth. Jezebel's coming in my life. Spirit's coming in my life. People are going nuts in my life. The whole world's going crazy. Coronavirus. Look into the heart of God. Sorry, I ain't got time for that. I may say something when God... Go tell them coronavirus is... It's just the devil's hallucination. Okay, coronavirus, but I'm back on the heart of God. I'm not, so now you, this is revealing Christians in so many ways. That's everything that's going on. People are so focused on the coronavirus that guess what? The devil won. He beat you. It may not be real, but he beat you because he got you through an illusion and now you're in a delusion. And now all you're thinking about is, the coronavirus, and, oh, and you see these Christians, they were once on fire. Now they post about Trump. It, they're good things. Yes, God's used, he, Trump's being used by God, this, all this stuff. But all oh, they're posting about it. All oh, they're focused on it. But they're focused on what God said yesterday, not what God's doing now. God is always, he's doing, he's focused, but he's not focused on those things really because he's focused on the kingdom of God. But he has to show us those things so those things don't pull us away from the kingdom of God. God doesn't even want us to even get involved in those things, but we have to get involved in those things because those things are getting involved in our things trying to pull us away from his things. So that's why God has to expose things. And people say call, say on, the, on Facebook, why are you posting about politics? Well, because you're so into politics, I got to pull you out, boy. I got to pull you out. I got to show you the deception so that you can come back to God and get back on the post. You're so focused on Trump, That you can't even get back to the one that anointed Trump. And then all these guys thinking, I'm going to be up there with Trump in the Holy of Holies and I'm going to be in the White House and I'm going to counsel Trump. People think they're going to be counseling Trump and all this stuff and they're going to be the next Elijah in Israel because they got focused on things of God but they got their mind focused off of God. This is how we, even when we're abased, when we're abounding, when we're doing bad or doing good, when we're, when we're not thriving and when we're thriving, we get our mind on him. There's a situation that comes up, even if somebody died, it says, let the dead bury the dead. And even if that person goes to heaven, some people, let, I know there's some people that have been taken out because somebody that was so near and dear to them died that they've let it affect them so much that it's taken them from the work of God. But I tell you, anybody who's listening right now, if you're hearing me, and there's somebody that passed their way, we understand. It's God understands, but God wants you back. And some of you, you don't even know that God, the, the member that, the one that, it's not everybody, I can't say everybody, because God decides who goes where. But some of you, some of us are crying over a family member that's with him right now. We need to get back focused on him. We cannot let it affect, we cannot let what whatsoever state we are in drive us to, a state of the enemy. Therefore, take no thought. What ye shall eat, what we, sh- we, dr- we shall, you shall drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed. For by, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Are these, the, wor- the world worries about what house they're going to live in, how their career is going to go, what's going to happen in the future, how this is going to happen, how that's going to happen. The world worries about them, and what makes us think that we're any better when we keep doing the same things. For your heavenly Father knoweth Ye have need of all these things. And the Bible also says that he knows what you need before you even pray it. But remember, the Lord is my shepherd and you shall not want. You shall not need. What does a shepherd do? He leads you to what you need. He feeds you to what you, what you need. He takes you to where? To green pastures. The shepherd takes the sheep where they need to go. The sheep don't worry in the, in the pen. And now we're sheep and we're worrying. But you know why we're worrying is because we don't trust the shepherd. Last scripture, and then we'll we'll close. <clears throat> uh, Colossians four twelve. Aparius, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfectly and fully assured in all the will of God. Paul talks many times about the will of God, knowing the will of God at all times, because if you don't know the will of God, the enemy is going to push his will onto you. When we get into a situation where something's not, when this, something stops flowing, we need to seek the will of God for it. We need to seek what God's doing. We need to seek what God's not doing, what, what God wants me involved, what, and this is how we, we stay on... The path. This is how we stay stable. This is how we get out of delusions when we get in the truth. When we follow the shepherd's voice, and even when even when we forget things, even when we don't remember things, it says, "I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you remember." There's so many problems. Every everything we struggle with fear. We don't. We're worried about that. It says, "I will help you in this. I will make sure you have eat of drink. I, I will make sure that I remind you. I will make sure. I will make sure. I will make sure." But Am I? I am in your life, or are you? That's what God's asking us tonight. And we need to be when we're a base, when we're bound. We need to be firm. We need to be stable. We need to get rid of the double mind. We need to start having our. We we need to stop having our mind on the things of the world and the things of God at the same time. We need to stop having our mind on the regular, even the regular. When I say the regular things of the world, I'm not talking about just sin and entertainment. I'm talking about the regular, even the regular things of life. The enemy uses to get us to to be double-minded. Money is a regular thing of life, and look how it's the, it says it's the root of all evil. But it's just paper. So, Father, just fill us right now, Father. Get us, make us stable. There's a scripture, too, that I forgot, that I didn't get in there. But it says, it said, I'm going to paraphrase, and it says that those who keep their mind on the Lord will be stable in all their ways. We'll be, those who keep their mind on the Lord will stand firm, will be stable. And Father, tonight, I, want, I, I vow, Father, to keep my mind on you, to keep my heart on you, to keep my focus on you, that I may be a base, that I may be abound in every and any situation, when I'm doing good, when things are not good, whatever, when prosperity has come, or when the canker worms come, whatever, when the storm has come, or when there's, the sun's out, I will be, in whatsoever state I am, content because of godliness. Content because I have seeked the kingdom and its righteousness. And it says, if you ask for a fish, will, you, will I give you a stone? We need to trust God. He will give us everything we need. He's getting us to the pl- he needs to get us to the place where we're not even asking anymore because we trust Him so much as shepherd. We know He's going to fill it. We know He's going to fill the seven pots and turn it into wine. We know He's going to do this. We know everything we need is going to be there for us. But we need to trust Him. Stop asking and start trusting. Because it also says when you ask, believe, believe. Don't just ask, believe. And you shall receive. Have faith. And your faith will impart it to you. Jesus will give it to you, but your faith will be the connector. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.